Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. We're going to have to look into that, Quaid. It seems that producer Josh does not get the same clothing allowance for this show that we do. Yeah, that's not right. Racism. (laughs) Hold on, dude. Hold on, dude. Wait a minute. Hold on a second now. (laughs) Wait a minute, though. Maybe maybe Josh doesn't want to wear the the clothes provided. I say provided us. We happen to wear the same brand yeah. today. Yeah, we it, so it, was it became just a, a, a so. pre-show joke. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Do your own thing, man. You don't you don't have to do what we do. You can you can do your own thing. You know, just just live it one day at a time. You know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we're all day to day. Just do what it do. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio nine thirty WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid, alongside you, Betty out, Illinois Watchdog, coming up with us on the show today. And Quaid, this is it. I got up this, this is it. This is well. This. this is the beginning of the it. Uh, I, I felt like I got up this morning, and we are a fortnight out now. Yes, we are. From here, we are a fortnight out from it. Yes, but. There are many the most relevant it for right. this time, although there will be another it in the future, and there have been it's in the past. That has been predominant for us for the last 18 months, mm-hmm. the it. Uh, however, there will be post-its, and we're all going to be involved in those. So we Now, have those to are start- trademarked, so you might have to come up with something else. <laughs> I didn't say uh, post-it notes, but uh, we're, we're all going to be involved in the aftermath. What what comes next? And I think we need to we need to start uh, asking. Okay, well, what does the post election landscape look like? What you know you know we've been we've been pummeled with polls. Uh, we've been we've been beaten up. I actually just handed you a new poll rundown See today. See how you are pummeling but, you. But uh, there has you know when when, <laughs> when two weeks are up, all of this is. Moot. We we move on to a, a whole different type of uh, scenario, a whole, whole different type of, of angle uh, of talking about stuff. So maybe it's a good idea to start, you know, angling and thinking about that now. We actually move on to the meat of the novel in two weeks. This all has just been the preface, the foreword, mm. the dust jacket cover. You don't get those on ebooks, so we, ask your mom. We know what we've been living for the last eight plus years, but can we? Can we? I don't even say with certainty, with some degree of certainty, predict the post-election landscape? Because I think that's where we're we're trying to move to. Well, first, I think you yeah. have to accurately predict the presidential winner because while that has the least amount of impact on your day-to-day life 
your local representatives actually have a bigger impact. Your city council in your respective city, your mayor, they have a bigger impact on your day-to-day life than a president does. I think what it does set up, depending on who the winner is, is what's the overall environment going to be like? What's the tone going to be like? And here's what I don't want to see from either side is the supporters being bad winners. I have a feeling that this is going to happen. We've all either played a game with family and have somebody who's a bad winner, or you had a kid that you played pickup ball with and was a bad winner, or you worked with somebody who got a job or a promotion or a a bonus and they're a bad winner. Mm. I have a feeling that no matter which side comes out on top in a fortnight, that we're going to have the sort of bad winner parade. And that that's going to be, just to me, horribly distasteful. Then again, I'm not in the clickbait business. Yet. Hopefully <laughs> never, but you're right. Not yet, but uh, hopefully never. You're, and that is a concern because that will not go, that will not help the situation of the aftermath at all. In fact, it will damage it. Mm-hmm. And each side is expecting the other side to spike the football, have a yay us parade, and rub it in. You can spike the football. I've got no problem with that. But that happens on election night when the tradition happens where the uh, party that has been defeated calls and congratulates the winner. And you have your press conference, and that's your moment to spike the football. I'm not the, I'm not the commissioner of the No Fun League. What, what I want is for there to not be ongoing damage done by bad winners. That's, well, Have your fun that night. Absolutely. It's been a long, hard-fought campaign. Take that night, spike the football. You know, yay us, we made it. But, but and, it's a, and, and the next day, the next morning, mm-hmm. how do we, and we, we've talked about this before in, in the primary season, how do you come together? Right. You battle your hangover, and then you come together. And are we at a place where we can do that? Or is one side... Going to be so let down, going to be so disenfranchised, feel so disconnected that that coming together isn't going to happen in a day or a week or over the holidays or even through Inauguration Day. I think one of the uh, pop culture things that we have that's great to express this, uh, they didn't have a few election cycles ago, and that is just this. I think that it's less likely that there is an instant partisan healing as there will be people on Tinder who are Cubs fans swiping the correct way on Indians fans in two weeks. What? (laughs) Because you're asking for people to sort of get together, right? Right. If If you already have a background with someone, it's easier to bridge a divide. If you're just looking to hook up for the first time and all you know about them is that they're the opposition, I'm saying that there's going to be that sort of those hard feelings are going to be there. So it's like getting on your, your instant dating apps and, and having, asking a Cubs fan who just lost the World Series of the Indians to hook up with an Indians fan. Probably not going to happen. It's going to take some time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, but that, I think that goes to the whichever side, if you, if you want to refer to them that way, comes out victorious. I, I think there, there needs to be some empathy I think there needs to be some outreach 
and there doesn't need to be a whole lot of get in line. Oh, well, empathy and outreach. I'm glad you said that because what I think we're going to get is a whole lot of loser. Yeah. Get off my lawn. See, and that's 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 only going to 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 foster uh, the uh, what's the butthurtedness. I like that. We can all grok the meaning of that. Latest polls out to today see Clinton with leads across the spectrum. Uh, everything from Rasmussen reports, where she's up one, uh, to the tip tracking, where she's also up one, mm-hmm. to the big numbers from ABC, where she has a double-digit lead. Um, there were more double-digit leads in friendly polls a couple of weeks ago. And if the friendly polls are tightening up, I wonder what the real numbers look like. There was uh, an investigative piece done on how polling, and as an extension of a media brand, ABC News, NBC News, CNN, how as extension of brands that are fighting the fight for a particular candidate, whether or not you can trust their numbers, and people were going in who had more time and mathematical acumen than I do, And they were reading the small print behind the polls, Mm -hmm. which tells you our groups that we polled were made up of these percentages. And routinely, what was found was that Democrats and independents were oversampled. So of the 100% of the people who responded in a poll, they were looking at numbers like uh, registered Democrats polled 39%, registered independents polled 35%, registered Republicans polled 27%. And then putting these numbers out as a reflection of what's going on nationally. And while there are more registered Democrats in the country than there are Republicans, you don't really register as independent. You just identify as independent. And I don't think there are as many independents out there as there are people who are registered Republican, is certainly willing to participate in these kinds of surveys. And what you see is the pointed premeditated mathematical manufacturing to reinforce the outcome that they already want. This isn't a true cross-section of where people are. And you can see if one poll had done it, it would have just been the result of the pool that they got. But when poll after poll after poll shows that the smallest portion of the sample are registered Republican voters, that's simply not reflective of the face of the general populace. So you're left with, can you believe them? Do these mean anything? Do and, they mean anything? And and the the leap from there is, how do you utilize them? Is this to rewind to yesterday's show, the latest piece of propaganda? Well, and that's and and, and I referenced a local businessman uh, that I got into a conversation with uh, briefly over the weekend about these types of polls, and and, and polling can be. Can, By the way, best place to get into a political argument as well, supermarket. Well, it wasn't an argument. It was just it was a, 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 a question and a discussion. That, 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 Did you that, guys run over to the other side and, like, grab some beverages? No, 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 no. It was <laughs> end of aisle three, blocking everybody's way. Being, being that person that, that I right. I get upset with, that was, that was me. I can admit it uh, this past weekend. However, <coughs> polls... Uh, can can convey information, and when they're done in a clear, concise uh, way that that is seemingly representative of the people, I think there's useful information there. However, when polls are used to push a narrative, to send a message 
that's when they cease actually becoming polls and become propaganda. And I and and I and I know that you're pointing out to we were looking at these yesterday and a couple of them had Trump in the lead today. None. None. It's a day. Mm-hmm. A day. So you're left with. Can I? Well, wait, is there any anything that I can latch onto here that's that's solid? And based on what you're telling me, the the thing that I can latch onto that's solid is they're going to slant the polls. How much and will it work? I think is the question at this point because there was a, there were two moves made in the last uh, well since the last debate, one by each candidate that if I'm in their camp. I think are good moves, but if I'm not, and I'm an undecided voter, I'm not so sure how I take this. We'll talk about those and some other pieces that have fallen along the trail coming up next here in the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. I would pay for that. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid, alongside you this morning. Ben Yount, Illinois Watchdog, coming up this morning on the morning meeting. I mentioned there was a move made by each candidate that I don't know how it was taken if you're not already in that candidate's camp since the last debate. Let's start with the easy one from the Clinton campaign. She's starting, Quaid, the talk and the look and the assembling of her transition team. Mm. This is the assumption of the win, Mm -hmm. and I'm getting my transition team in place. If I'm in the Clinton camp, I love this move. If I'm not already a dedicated Hillary voter, boy, this smacks of arrogance to me. And hasn't that been one of the main charges against her, that she's impersonable, unrelatable, all the way, this this just strikes as strikes me. If you're not already in the Hillary camp, as more of the presumption of government power from somebody who has spent their entire adult life in government, well, in one form or another. I understand what you're saying, but is it is it the responsible thing to already start putting this team together so that there's you do it on the down low? Okay, I, I, is there a down low in today's informational world? I think, world? I, think so, I think you just hit the nail on the head. So if there's, you know, if there's no down low, then that's an that's an impossible task. Uh, But being responsible, knowing that you're going to need to put together a transition team, you know, just in case, I think that that that's a responsible thing to do. Do I do I do I think that that's her planning the victory parade already? I'm not going to get mad at her for for putting pieces in place that you're going to need to put in place anyway if you win. Uh, for the Trump camp, Trump released uh, his plan for his one first 100 days in office. If I'm a Trump supporter, I love this. If I'm not a Trump supporter, here's the issue. There, there's too many things to go through individually right now. I will say this. For me, it's a mixed bag. He has some things on here that I am just philosophically opposed to. But on balance, I think it's fine. He did this my, yesterday, right? Yeah. Okay. My problem with this is if I'm not already in the Trump camp, Why'd you wait till after the debate to put this out? Do you not believe in this enough to have questions asked of you about this plan? I, you, you can't imagine that they just came up with it. Correct. Over the last week. Yep. 
Uh, it, it had to have been in some planning stage prior to that. And, and look, his campaign may have this may have been the design. Mm-hmm. You know, you do you do well, you these need a talking point after sure. the final debate. You have three weeks and you have to fill that vacuum. You need to look like you have momentum going into this. So from that point of view, I think it's, it's a good thing to have people talking about it. And it gives them an actual hard document to review. Mm-hmm. And he lays out, let's see, uh, six constitutional amendments, uh, seven issues on uh, taking action to protect American workers, and then uh, five ways he'll, quote, restore the uh, security and constitutional rule of law. Uh, five of uh, the, the ten things, excuse me, that he has on a, quote, broader legislation measure. And I think it's great. He's got, and these are specifics mm-hmm. that, that people have, have, have criticized him on being specific light through a lot of the campaign. Mm-hmm. But I, again, if I'm a Trump supporter, this is great. If I'm not already a Trump supporter, then I'm thinking, did you, you not have enough belief in this to have questions asked of it during a debate? Well, at least uh, it couldn't have been used against him. And I understand that you're... That, There's that, always that fear. You know, that, that it would have been pretzeled around and, and used somehow as a weapon against him uh, during the debate, whether by the moderator or... By, by his opponent, his opponent uh, themselves. So there's there's a part of me that understands, and now it kind of just stands out there on its own. And and I get it, but I'm not going to say you know if if I'm still undecided, somehow still undecided. There's some stuff there that I I think people can get behind. It looks like some of the terrain that's going to be covered over the next couple of weeks may be beneficial to Trump's campaign. Only because the ground has become very rocky for Hillary right now. There are now allegations and evidence to back up reports that a top Clinton allies political organization gave a half million dollar donation to the campaign of the wife of an FBI official who that FBI official then, her husband, she's the candidate, he's the husband in the FBI. He would go on to be the one to oversee the probe into Hillary's emails. You're gonna have to be. You have to back that up and be a little bit clear with with that. A top okay. Clinton allies political organization. Okay. So a Clinton Clinton political organization. Right. I'm drawing the map on a piece of paper in front of. Got me the here. flow chart going. Yep. Writes a half a million dollar check to the campaign of the wife of the FBI agent who is overseeing the probe into Hillary's emails. Ah, I see. There's a little back scratching. Mm-hmm. At minimum, some 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 in, uh, inadvertence or not not the right word indirect. Uh I I don't think that's the way the law would see it <laughs> in this country. Once you're married, you're a you're a single unit. Sure, but it's not like there was somebody from Clinton's family, maybe per Correct. extended political family. Correct, but not the family. That's not good for her. No matter how you break that down, that looks. Where did that bad. story come from? This was originally reported. It was originally reported by the AP. Oh, and then uh, uh, Fox picked it up as well. Okay, and uh, now there are, uh, according to this, uh, there's some other uh, video evidence that will be coming out. So here's here's what I will be we'll looking see how for this goes. from from the alphabets is is the flow chart like I had to draw in front of me because mm-hmm. because just dropping it the way you dropped it I'm kind of like wait a minute say that say that again how do those dots connect the flow chart makes it much easier 
to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they put it together like that so that people can can get it, then then I think they'll be meaning to tell the story, not just go, well, we mentioned it. Well, in, in the, the last box on the flowchart was Clinton political aide sends half-million-dollar check to wife of FBI agent who's investigating her emails. FBI agent investigating her emails recommends to director that charges not be filed. I you mean, that's that's the last say. part on the flowchart there. We have to go to what is the recommendation, and based on what we heard mm-hmm. from Comey, who's the FBI director, that they are not even recommending charges to be filed. We sat here and played that audio live. Yes, we did. That morning, and and uh, thought that he made some good points, thought he was leading towards uh, going after her, and then he backed down. And so now... The fact that this story is alive again and with new evidence and with what reeks of uh, buying favors at the very top echelons of government, this is going to be something that I think the Trump camp can pounce on and make hay out of with his political outsider status, and she's the ultimate insider, Mm -hmm. so inside that she buys favors from insiders, and so on and so forth, so... Again, it looks like Trump going to get a bump here because of more of the rocky ground that she has to cover. If if you're talking about a bump, if this story has traction, there's a lot of stories out there right now. There are a lot of stories, and there are a lot of networks who might um, who might have that 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 uh, pre-production meeting and go. We already covered that. That's that's FBI like, email. We we already covered. Yeah, that. like I said, if if they just give it a, a ten second read through from you know the way or a rewritten AP version and go, yeah, we covered that. We didn't really cover it. You you mentioned it, but you didn't really cover it. And this uh, this other piece that uh, is going to be bad news for Hillary because she is the status quo candidate is that uh, the word came out that Obamacare rate increase is going to be about 25% and uh, in the 39 states that they still cover. And in most of those states, because of the financial collapse of insurance companies and agencies who were participating in this and their withdrawal, uh, you will be down to one option. Well, And that- you're going to have a mandated, it looks like, average of a 25% increase. You can keep your doctor. You can choose. Yeah, remember, that was all lies. This was an entire government takeover of one-sixth of the economy built on lies, and now it's falling apart before the president, who its uh, namesake comes from, can even get out of of office. office, Yeah. Uh, Was there there anything about this that that was as billed? Was there – has there been anything about this to this point other than – it's going to insure people who weren't insured previously. But I'm going to say that now that there are people who aren't insured who who maybe were insured previously because right, they'd rather take the fine. Yeah, there are. So is has there been, a, and I haven't even seen any numbers on this, has there been a net gain or has there been a net loss in the insured? I can't find that number in this story, but from what I've seen, I think over the last couple of months, there has been a net gain. I want to put that net gain around $2 million. So when Obama says... 15 million people who didn't have insurance before have it now, mm-hmm. but the net gain is only 2 million. That means 13, 13 million, million people, people have decided to go without. No thanks, yeah. I'll just pay the fine. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people, by the way. So this is something that is 
going to be interesting to see, in my mind, how the Clinton camp handles it. You know how the Trump camp's going to handle it. Does Hillary come out and say, hey, we just have to work around the edges and save it because everything's basically fine, which has been the overall premise of her campaign? Or does she come out and say, it's time to go to single payer, which we know is the end game because she started the single payer conversation in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for now that that's, you know, we're going to we're going to tweak on the edges. Uh, however, perhaps her transition team is uh, putting together the right. wording that will move us forward uh, into that uh, single pair where you have, ta-da, no choice. Less choice. No, no choice. No choice. No choice. The one thing you don't want to do if you're campaigning on the fact that everything is fine and you just need to tweak around the edges is announce, I just sunk your battleship to the president <laughs> of your party who you're looking for his endorsement to take over, and you've said, essentially, my first term will be an extension of the vast majority of the policies of the last eight years. Mm. So this will be interesting to see how she handles this because uh, maybe she won't. Maybe this is the no press conference rule that's going to stay into effect uh, up until the uh, election day a fortnight from now. All right, coming up, plenty of things moving in Illinois. Ben Yount, Illinois Watchdog, he joins us next on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting. Here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Good morning, meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, squared alongside you. It's Tuesday morning. That means you might want to get ramped up. Ben Yout, Illinois Watchdog, saddles up with us this morning. Ben, good morning. What do we know? What, what's going on? Uh, there's a lot of things going on. We're a fortnight out from Election Day, Game 1, Cubs-Indians tonight. We'll get mm. to that in uh, just a minute. But I think the most interesting thing that I've seen uh, lately was the <clears throat> Governor Rauner's administration decided, I believe this came out yesterday, to award bonuses to non-union government employees based on, quote, merit based compensation this has everyone up in arms even those who believe that uh, government employees should be available to collect bonuses uh they're left scratching their head going wait a minute the state's billions of dollars broke why are we handing out bonuses right now so it seems like this ben may alienate everyone which is tough to do politically yeah, the, the the tough part here is, you know, buses in downstate Illinois are, are, are going bankrupt over a couple of hundred thousand dollars, and we're, we're handing out a couple of million dollars in bonuses to people who are, are you know, work down at the state capitol, and, and, and no one no one in the state of Illinois has any sympathy for an underpaid public employee. That being said, these, these merit comp folks, and I know them, they're, they're, they're what used to be middle management in the state. Uh, they, they are among the few, I mean, like 3% of state employees who are not covered by union contracts. They have gone, in some cases, a long, 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 long time without a pay raise. Uh, this is the sort of thing, if this would have happened a couple of months ago or a couple of months from now, it's not a big deal. Uh, the, 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 the key word in that sentence, when most people in the state read that story, they put a little bit of mustard on non-union. 
governor's office is handing out $3 million in bonuses to non-unions. This, this allegation that somehow these are the rounder cronies and these are the people who are being rewarded, I, I think that the, the bigger sin here is it's really tough to stop the buses in Jacksonville and Pittsfield and then turn around and say, well, no, I mean, you got to understand this guy at the Department of uh, Transportation, he did a really good job, so we're going to give him three grand and say uh, Merry Christmas. If you're one of those guys, can you decline that bonus and say, look, there's there's bigger problems in this state than my bonus? I don't know if you could. I just know a lot of state workers, and I don't think that they will. Uh, again, and, and this is this is you know th- th- this falls into the broad category of you problems and me problems, and uh, you know the fact that the state of Illinois is broke is not so much a me problem, particularly if this is the only kind of compensation you're going to get for a long time. I mean, you know, we work in radio, not known as a hotbed of great pay. Somebody shows up and hands out thousands of dollars. I, I understand people will, will, will have an adverse reaction to it, but cash is king, and uh, Christmas is coming up. Ben, yeah, Illinois watchdog with us this morning on the morning meeting. Yeah, and, and this, while the Illinois GOP has raised, at least last I saw, five times the money that the DNC has raised, is, 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 I know a lot of that has to do with Rauner. Is, is, is he just used to having the money to use? Well, this, this comes back to leveling the playing field. And this is the difficult part about talking about money in elections, because it is obscene. It is just varying levels of obscenity and and, and who has the most money. And at a certain point, taxpayers, the numbers just wash over. At at a certain point, maybe I think it's like $30 million, people just, it it just becomes unreal. You can't keep track of the money. And Bruce Rauner, the the governor of the state of Illinois, who went out and earned his money in the private sector, made it all by himself, uh, is is giving money to candidates. And for the first time ever, Republicans in Illinois can keep up with what had been a money-making machine. The money from from Democrats comes from unions, and and that money comes from union members. And many times that money is not not given. It is just taken and and trial lawyers. So so this this idea that somehow Bruce Rauner's millions are tainted, but the millions of dollars from the Democratic machine that stretch back decades in this state are pure as the driven snow is laughable. Uh, It costs money to make television commercials. It costs money to run for office, the, 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 the outrage should not be, oh, my God, it costs millions of dollars for these, sa- for these seats, but why would someone pay this much money in order to get a job that pays $67,000 state rep salary unless they know they are going to make it back in influence or power or money on the back end? Uh, you know, for years and years and years, Democrats had an unmatched fundraising ability in this state. And now they're matched, and they don't know what to do. And so, of course, you have the outrage machine say, how dare Bruce Rauner spend his own money on elections? Uh, you know, Supreme Court says money is speech, and you can't put limits on free speech. So this is just kind of, of what happens. But for years and years and years, the Democrats spent this much money. There's just, again, came from unions and trial lawyers and people who expected to get something back from the state as opposed to the governor who's spending his own money and hoping to improve the state. This might be a little too inside political baseball, Ben, but do you need millions of dollars to spend on commercials if Dan Prop's group is making them? Because kind of looks like what I could make for 50 bucks. <laughs> 
Dan Proft is, this is a guy who five years ago, 10 years ago, was considered little more than a nuisance. Everyone dismissed him. Everybody thought he was a cuckoo bird. Everybody thought he was one of these political hangers on. And he has somehow hung around and hung around. The kids got alligator blood. And he now is one of the biggest players in, in the state of Illinois. And it, it, it's kind of an amazing transformation. But yeah, I mean, you know, hey, listen, some of these things don't need to look rocket spectacular. They just need to carry the message. And that's, you know, elections come down to when you get to the, to the voting booth, what name do you recognize? And does it matter if it looks like a, you know, a, a Sofa King commercial from 1989? As long as you get the name to somebody's ears, it's good as gold. Yeah, the only other thing that ties us together is uh, probably this show and Ben's own show. The only two that you get political discourse with Rounders references as well. Ben Yout, <laughs> part of the morning meeting on WTAD. With the with the five times the amount of uh, money spent uh, for the for the GOP, uh, or at least raised as compared to the uh, Illinois Democrats, what does value look like to Governor Rauner uh, on election day? It's got to come down to wins. I mean, this is the NFL. Win, win, win is a win is a win is a win, and and you you got to win. If if Mike Madigan loses any Democrat any seats in the House, then he loses his veto proof majority. Okay. The, the chances that that Republicans take back the House are are somewhere between slim and none, and much much closer to none. But all they have to do, all Republicans have to do, is get two seats, and now all of a sudden there's, there's no chance at flipping anybody and getting a veto-proof majority. So even if we do go into June or July, there has to be some negotiation. Now, realistically, we're headed for the bunker. Don't make any mistake. Nothing's going to happen in the state till 2019. But the, the, the win, is it all worth it? It all comes down to how many seats Republicans take away from Vatican. How much of this power do they take away from Mike Madigan? That's the only measure. That's the only thing anyone at the Capitol is focused about. And, and, and this really is the sad part is there have been successes over the past year in, in Illinois. I mean, we've done amazing things with criminal justice reform in the state, but they've been overshadowed by the, by the state's fiscal woes and by this war. This war between the governor and Mike Madigan, and and it is it is the, the the sharks and the jets, it is the Crips and the Bloods, it is Rocky versus Drago. I mean, it is they're going to have to have this fight. It's going to get bloody, and at the end, one of them will be standing and one of them won't. And, and this election is just round one. All of this, all of this, all of this nastiness, all of this money, all of these Dan Prof garage commercials is all of a prelude. To 2018, when we go to the mattresses in this state, and and as I've said before, it's it's a fight for the heart and soul. We we will have a state of Illinois that looks like what Bruce Rauner wants it to look like, or what it's looked like for 30 years under Mike Madigan. And and this is this is just the teaser. This is the teaser trailer. The real fight comes in two years when Bruce Rauner is back on the ballot. In in some ways, isn't it already a new day? And I'm referencing the uh, Chicago Tribune editorial that came out. And it wasn't uh, pro-Republican or pro-Democrat. The entire uh, effort was anti-Madigan. 
It was essentially yeah. sending, saying, look, there you need to do a cost-benefit analysis of incumbents versus newcomers based on whether or not it means continuing to empower Mike Madigan. I don't think this is something that we would have seen 10 or 15 years ago necessarily. And uh, they, they point out everything from him holding off a vote on term limits to once making the Cubs, who are uber popular right now with the World Series starting tonight, making the Cubs wait for lights at Wrigley Field. Yeah, this is this is a unique year, and and some of it is Illinois is so broken that now no one can escape the minutia of state government. Ten years ago, the state of Illinois was was kind of screwed up. It's, it's like Congress, man; those people suck. I like my guy, but those people suck. The state of Illinois is so bad that now it doesn't matter where you live, what you do, you you almost cannot hide from the gaping chasm that is. The, the suckage of the state of Illinois. I mean, you, if you have a kid in school, you know this. If you're sick, you know this. If you have a, an elderly relative, you know this. If you work for the state, you know. I mean, no one in the state of Illinois is unaware that this state has serious problems. And, and Mike Madigan has gone from being sort of the boogeyman for people who know anything about politics to public enemy number one. And, and it's it's been an amazing transformation. His After Rod Blagojevich, during Rod Blagojevich, Mike Madigan was the savior of the state, and here we are just 10 years later, and he is, he is the most vilified human being in the Capitol. He has earned much of this. But no, you're, you're right, this is a different day. For God's sake, somebody went out and made a, a, a documentary that explains just how deep Madigan's you know, roots of corruption go, and you're, you're exactly right. We could sit here and we could talk about the, the minutiae of state government you know, appointments and, and who got this committee chairmanship in this year. But as soon as people realize that the reason the Cubs had to, had to suffer all those years with a, a half the payroll because they were forced to play during the daytime, uh, people are going to realize that, yeah, Matt Madigan is, 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 is a boogeyman here. But, you know, he doesn't care. Mike Madigan doesn't care. As long as he has enough Democrat votes in the Illinois House, you can say whatever you want about him outside the Capitol. And for God's sakes, look at some of the Democrats running in Illinois this year. They're saying whatever they have to about Mike Madigan to get elected, but they know that once they get back inside that Capitol building, it will be business as usual. And that's, that's part of his genius. Ben Yount, our guest this morning on The Morning Meeting. Ben, I want to switch gears a little bit to focus a uh, larger picture with uh, Robert Kramer. Uh, is this guy, Jan Schakowsky's husband, is this guy a a D.C. player or is he a wannabe? Is he a nobody? He can't be all of those things all at the same time. Is there is there something to this guy and his games or is he just somebody uh, running around talking big and getting caught on camera? I had the misfortune of having to give a speech after James O'Keefe. I was in Indianapolis a couple of years ago, and it was this training for Republicans or conservatives or, or something, and, and it was a segment on video. And I, I literally was prepared to show these people how to you know, use your iPhone to capture this. You can stand on the sidewalk. Just please videotape everything. People experience the news by watching the news. I had this great little speech, and then James O'Keefe goes up right before me. And he sells his book, and he flashes that smile, and he gives the crowd a wink, and these 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 grandmas, these these milfs to gilts, all just melt in the crowd and roaring applause. And I stand up, and it's crickets. James O'Keefe is incredibly successful at what he does, but what he does is he goes and he has conversations with people, 
And afterwards, he pulls the pieces together. And we don't really always see the questions. We don't know how we got to that point. This guy who is Jan Schakowsky's husband, first of all, the fact that you have to say she's Jan Schakowsky's husband and she's a congressman up by Chicago, that kind of gives you a sense as to who he is. If you knew his name and without the explanation, he would be a player. This is one of these guys who, like a lot of Democratic perfunctories, has anywhere between no power and a little bit of power, but likes to tell you how much power he has. And I, I, I've gotten into a fight a number of times on, on, on my show on this. Is So what, what, what's the hook here? What's the news? The Democrats are running dirty campaigns? Anybody unaware of this? I mean, are we really shocked that, that, this, that the Clinton machine would do this? This is why all of these people exist. This is why it costs millions of dollars to run for office, because you've got all of these hangers on. And you've got all of these guys who think they're players. And you've got all of these people who are there to try and, and siphon out as much money as possible. Kramer is one of these guys who's been around and he can do some stuff on campaigns. But I, he's not the big fish. He's, he's, not, he's not insignificant. But, again, just to say, look, they're rigging the system. No, this is another Democrat pulling another set of dirty tricks and it's kind of what you've got to expect from these people. And, and the, the question is, okay, they're doing it. So, so what are conservatives doing? What are Republicans doing? How are Republicans responding other than complaining about it on Facebook? Ben Yount, Illinois Watchdog, our guest this morning on The Morning Meeting. Ben, thanks so much for the insight. We're just a fortnight away, and it's going to be interesting. We'll talk to you soon. Go Cubs, go. All right, well, we've got his answer. We'll cover that coming up next on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. I play a clip. I got you. You're a tease tease. I, I, I give you the, 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 the show, the setup, and then I give you a clip to, to get you all kind of amped up. So you do the news, is what you're telling me. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930, WTAD. Just a moment left, Producer Josh. Is that what we're looking at? About a minute here, about 90 seconds. All right, here we go. Cubs-Indians World Series tonight. The uh, traditional governor's bet has been placed. Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner has wagered an extra-large Chicago deep-dish pizza and a case of his favorite Chicago microbrew, which he which didn't, was, specific, he didn't, he didn't name say? it. Well, he didn't name it. Governor, uh, Governor John Kasich went even less amped up and just said he would send Browner some quote fan favorites that means he doesn't even what a, come on man yeah yeah uh his spokesperson then promised local beer and apparently they have some kind of crazy good mustard at the jake uh because they promised some mustard from there all right all right you're a baseball guy how do you see this series going uh cleveland's a whole lot better than cubs fans think they are beware terry francona knows what he's doing in the postseason Look for people to bunt at John Lester and steal some bases. They, they won't let that go. Uh, if you can't uh, get uh, Bauer's fingers sewed up, you might get an Andrew Miller start for Cleveland Ooh. in this series. That does it for us. More morning meeting coming up tomorrow. Enjoy the World Series tonight. Morning meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.